Help defend the church by becoming a supporter of Family Life International. Your contributions enable us to continue our work to promote the faith, defend the family and promote the sanctity of life. Make a real difference today. Go to www.familyandlife.org.uk slash donate. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. <clears throat> the crowds got even bigger and Jesus addressed them. This is a wicked generation. It is asking for a sign. The only sign it will be given is the sign of Jonah. For just as Jonah became a sign to the Ninevites, so will the Son of Man be to this generation. On Judgment Day, the Queen of the South will rise up with the men of this generation and condemn them, because she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And there is something greater than Solomon here. On Judgment Day, the men of Nineveh will stand up with this generation and condemn it. Because when Jonah preached, they repented. And there is something greater than Jonah here. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. The crowds got bigger. And two questions were presented to our Lord, or rather two issues were addressed to him. The first, they could not deny the signs that he had worked. And so the, the Pharisees had twisted what he had done by attributing what he had done to the devil. It is through the power of Beelzebub that he cast out demons, and our Lord addressed this. And now they ask for a sign, and we're told by St. Matthew, a sign from heaven. And the Lord responded that this is a wicked generation. Inasmuch as they resisted the truth, one of the sins against the Holy Spirit. It is asking for a sign. What is a sign? A sign is some event, some, some situation that speaks beyond itself. It's something visible, but the, it's pointing to something that is invisible. So in a certain sense, sacraments are signs. But the sign always goes beyond itself. It actually tells us what we are to do, what is expected of us. Just as a red light is a sign indicative that we must stop. So they're asking for a sign, but would they follow up on what the sign requires of them? The wise men saw the sign of the star and they followed it. Our Lord responds that the only sign it will be given as a sign of Jonah. So then we need to know the history of Jonah. 
Jonah was a sign of the resurrection. And now, most blessed Lord would rise from the dead on the third day. And so the connection is obvious because Jonah preached and there was repentance. Jonah preached after his resurrection and there was repentance. Our Lord preached and there was resistance. He was preached after his resurrection and there was still resistance. God spoke to Jonah, go to Nineveh. Nineveh was the greatest city of its time, greater, bigger even than Babylon. It was the capital of the Syrian Empire. It was rich, powerful, and the people were immoral. In Israel, the prophet Elisha, who had been preaching a message of repentance, had been rejected. And so Israel itself was in a bad state. It was, it was evident that God was going to punish Israel. Their kings were corrupt and their priests were frauds. God wished to bring Israel back to the truth. And he would do this by contrast. And so for this reason, Jonah was sent with this message to pagans who did not know God, to the Ninevites. Go and preach them. Tell them they are to renounce their wicked ways. And Jonah, who was a prophet, didn't wish to do this for several reasons. One, he knew that God intended to use Nineveh to punish Israel. Two, he knew of God's great mercy. And in fact, he would, he would complain about God being merciful. I knew you wouldn't destroy them once they had repented, he, he says in the fourth chapter. But even more, Jonah had a little self-interest. Because if Nineveh were not destroyed, he would appear to be a false prophet. Or prophecy itself would be blasphemed. So he attempted to escape from the Lord, and of course, he brings about the storm. Um, his disobedience brings about the storm, which nearly destroys the ship. Jonah is cast into the sea, swallowed by the sea monster, vomited on the third day on dry land, and then he goes to Nineveh. Now, from the belly of the sea monster, the whale, the Leviathan, he is regurgitated on land. And we can imagine his condition. He would have been covered with the contents of the stomach of the fish, and he goes to Nineveh, the great city, and begins to preach. Now, what can he preach? We're told the bare minimum. Forty more days, Nineveh will be destroyed. Would that be a sign? Wouldn't they think him a madman? No, they didn't think him a madman for several reasons. One, his condition, assuming he had not cleaned himself up. He would have carried the marks of being swallowed. 
as our Lord would carry the signs of him being crucified. But more, Jonah had to be a sign. The people had to have some sign that Jonah was indeed a genuine prophet. And of course, he would have said what had happened to him, how he had been swallowed and regurgitated. Perhaps even the, ship, the, the, the sailors on the ship, they would have um, probably have, have, have told the, the story as well. Well, for whatever reason, Jonah was believed. And they were told the people of Nineveh believed in God. And they proclaimed the fast. They put on sackcloth, the greatest of the least, even the king and the animals. Everyone was to make penance. And so we see that despite the fact they were great sinners, nonetheless their efforts to reform themselves was acceptable to God, who then gives additional grace. Namely, that the punishment he had threatened was not carried out. This is in contrast, we think, to Sodom, where Lot certainly preached. But the men of Sodom did not believe. They refused to believe. And the cities in the plain were destroyed. And likewise for Jerusalem. Christ preached. John the Baptist preached. And the prophets before them preached. But the Jews remain hardened, hard-hearted. Ironically, even as Pharaoh remained hard-hearted despite the miracles of Moses. So signs in themselves are not necessarily good. They are good only if we are willing to accept them for what they are, signs that we have to change ourselves, change our behavior, change our attitudes. So, we're told everyone renounced their evil behavior, his evil behavior and the wicked things he had done. So there is this need for sincere repentance before God will, as we, hear, as we read, God will change his mind and relent. And God does relent. Or rather, God had given conditions. When God threatens to destroy the city, it was conditional. If people do not repent, this is what would happen. They did repent and therefore the threat is not carried out. He did not inflict on them the disaster he had threatened. So Jonah is indeed a sign to the Ninevites. And Christ himself is a sign to us. Four. Jonah was in the belly of the sea monster for three days and three nights. Christ would be in the, in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. He would rise again on the third day. He would appear to the women, to his apostles. They would in turn go and preach. The soldiers, the guards at the tomb, also saw him rise from the dead. And they went to the high priest and said what had happened. And the high priest had said, say the disciples stole him while we were sleeping. I will give you some money. And if it gets to the ears of the governor, we will make things okay. So there's an intimidation and a threat 
And so the priests, who should have known better, who should have recognized the sign, they, had, they understood the prophecies. They were responsible for the hardening of the hearts of the people against our Lord. When the disciples began, the apostles began to preach, they were arrested, they were flogged. When Stephen preached before them, they stoned him. Isn't this happening today as well? Aren't we going through exactly the same thing? There are signs. There are signs that God wishes us to repent. Didn't the Queen of Prophets come to Fatima and warn us? And even before that, long before, at Quito in Ecuador, three, four hundred years ago, she warned us. And at La Salette, she warned us. And at Lourdes, she warned us. And as we see what she has said, what she has warned, the Queen of Prophets has told us about, when we see these things unfolding, and today is a day of some significance, when we see these things unfolding, we refuse to take notice of the sign, but continue along our wicked way. This is a wicked generation. And so the Lord concludes, no sign except the sign of Jonah will be given. And on Judgment Day, immediately he attaches um, the, um, the, the warning of the finality, the consummation of all things. On Judgment Day, the Queen of the South will rise up with the men of this generation and condemn them because she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And there's something greater than Solomon here. The Queen of the South, a type of the church. She comes up. We're told, and she will condemn, not by that condemnation that is juridical, but by that of comparison. For she believed the stories, the reports about Solomon's wisdom, a wisdom that belonged to this world. And she desired to know, and she undertook the journey herself so as to hear this wisdom. And we're told there's something greater than Solomon. Not a superior, but something greater, namely divine wisdom itself, which speaks not about earthly things, but about heaven itself. And this, in fact, is greater. And therefore, our hearts should leap up to it. And equally, on Judgment Day, the men of Nineveh will stand up with this generation and condemn it, again, by comparison. Because Jonah preached, they repented. And so we have the two extremes. They, the men of Nineveh repented because of the disaster, the temporal disasters that had been threatened to them, the destruction of their city and their empire. But what is being preached is the everlasting disaster that will befall us if we do not repent. Because there is something greater than Jonah here namely the Lord of life who has come to save us from eternal death and to confer on us eternal life. Let us then ask the Queen of Prophets to intercede for us that we might have ears that are willing to hear true wisdom 
the wisdom that is greater than Solomon's, eternal wisdom himself, and that he who is all-merciful will have pity and mercy on us. Our Lady, Queen of Prophets, pray for us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This MP3 recording has been made available by Family Life International. Help us to make many more available in order to promote our Catholic faith. Go to www.familyandlife.org.uk and donate today. Thank you.